Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. (laughs) (laughs) That sound you hear is Boss processing that I'm going to kill Coach. Because we just had half a fucking episode of great shit that he refused to press record for. I, and I want the audience to know. It was magnificent. We share a lot. We share a lot, baby. What were you saying about um, but, Bill oh, Cosby being your but, idol? But yeah, no, but that? no, seriously. It, it, yes. Totally sure. changed my life. Like, became like the model. Like, was like, okay. You're, you're talking fam- about the Cosby show. For, for those two yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yes. yeah, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that became my model. I was like, "Hey, drink this, honey." No, um, no. Jesus. Oh my no, god. No, 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 no. The Cosby Show. The Cosby Show became my model, and so yeah, when this all went down with it, I was like, "You fucking robbed me." Like, I felt like I felt like I should be like I should be able to have a civil suit against Bill Cosby for what he has, like the emotional distress he caused me. By taking away the like, I I cannot. Anytime yeah. I've even tried to watch, I'm like, yeah, sure, I can try to. Oh, the art is different than the art. It's called the Cosby Show. It's not even called the Huxtable. Yeah, like I can't do it. I cannot do got, it. And I was gonna. We, do, I wanted to have 75 stage shows in my head, which clearly I'll have time to perform when I before I die at the age of 350. And mm-hmm. um. But one of them was Good Night Bill. And I was just going to like, mm. almost like, and I, like, I thought like, you know, he told all those stories. And I was like, almost like a bedtime story. Like I'd have to like say good night. Like I got to say goodbye now. Like you can't, I can't take you on with me. I can't fucking believe this. But I was, I mean, devastated does not begin to capture how I felt to find that shit out. And then it was even worse that people were like, oh, it's not true. It's because he tried to buy NBC. I'm like, are you? I'm going to jump off of something so goddamn tall. What what is wrong with people? I thought it was because he tried to buy NBC. No. (laughs) I'm like, because he tried to buy NBC. What is the, what are you talking about? Anyway. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, Hello, beautiful people. Hello, friends. Hello, buttercups. Hello, Ted Lasso fans. You have caught us in a moment of uh, of just chatting it up before we started talking about the podcast, about Ted Lasso. Um, we got into this because Coach was talking. We were talking about uh, – nobody will, listening will be interested in this, but we were talking about uh, how how uh, boss, boss was saying that she made a list. Uh, every time she goes away, she makes a list. And, and a, a week ahead of time, and I responded by saying that, that – sexually arouses me because it gets me <laughs> so excited that kind of order it, it, it's not even it's not you know obviously it's nothing to do with boss <laughs> oh jeez no oh no <laughs> definitely not that'd be weird perish the thought weird, but it has point. to do with that perish like the oh the, the semblance of it's camelot you know for me i go oh my god there's order in the world um and then we started talking about how uh, i wish i wish you could chart the synaptic patterns the 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 
the way that the mind processes these things and why does it end up in the, you know, I think like humans are a mess anyway. So why it ends up in the realm of, of pleasure or, or mm. uh, that sort of area uh, who, who knows. Um, but then coach was saying, uh, coach, I'll let you say it about um, the, the, the fanny thing. Oh yeah. When, when they released the note that uh, DA, Fulton County, Fannie Willis sent to Mark Meadows, basically saying, you get no extension. You get down here and get booked right now. I, I was fanning myself. Woo! I could, wow. That was, <laughs> I mean, wow. Like, yeah, that, that, that tour, that, that just was hot to my hand, holding my phone. I was just like, oh my God, Fannie, please stop it. I got to get work done today. And then you mentioned I, the Claire that 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 originated yeah. with like the Claire Huxtable phenomenon. Yes, and that's how we got, how we to, got the, into, uh, to the Cosby Show. But yes, the, yes, that brand of I am done with your bullshit, and as a woman, I am now going to take control because this is ridiculous. That this that tone. Yes, yes. I almost said that you were fannying yourself. But I want to be nice to Castleton because I'm going to be so mean to him today. Ooh. That is so bad. That is I know. terrible. I know. Terrible but I'm going to. I know. Yeah, but still, I, I have to say it. <laughs> you, you guys can't. No one can see it. Um, we got to get this. Uh, we're going to. We're going to. We're working on getting the, the video version of the podcast up, um, which is it's going to be a little weird because uh, Coach never wears a shirt. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's not true. Can you imagine? That's not can you imagine? <laughs> it's only a shirt. I don't. I no don't right, right. guns. Come on, I'm a, I'm a gentleman after all. <laughs> yeah, Donald Duck in it, like Jamie Tart. Um, <laughs> and and uh, so yeah, so but Boss has a huge smile on her face because she has been looking forward to uh, assassinating oh Coach and myself oh over our rapid reaction response to uh, Ted Lasso season three, episode eleven. That is uh, Mom City. Coach and I um, had a very positive reaction to it. Our uh, our esteemed editor, Luke, found it to be the, the greatest uh, episode of television of all time. Wow. Boss is covering her Love mouth it. in shock and horror, <laughs> wondering, wondering why they allow prepubescent men ah. to talk into microphones boss. You want to, you want to start with your opening salvo, which I'm sure will contain zero uh, uh, information worth anything? Well, listen, you just said that you really enjoyed the fact that I have notes and that I plan things. And also I should mention one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life is purchase a dedicated toiletry bag that is only for going on overnight trips. So it has my face wash, lotion, toothbrush, toothpaste. I everything I too. and i just keep it under my bathroom sink and grab it and then i don't need to think about anything because everything is in there um but i do want you to understand I, I unfortunately none of the buttercups will be able to see it but i have this note ready to go i don't know how much that is showing up like i have notes already and the, it does include the fact that they misrepresented Les Mis in this episode. Like I, I have. Oh my like, god! I forgot. This is the. Uh, this is the. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna. No, I have. I have bullet points. Oh, I have bullet, arguments. Yeah. I have shit ready to go. There's a really good chance, in fairness, that I am going to highlight the excellence of certain parts of of this particular episode that are not 
excellent just to make you mad, boss. That's fine. That makes sense. Um, I also, I genuinely try to be fair in my criticism of the show. There are often things that I think don't work for me, but not everything needs to be for me. So like, if I don't care about Jade, that's fine. It might be good for somebody else. I have to warn everybody. I think that there are a couple of things that they do in this episode that aren't just not good, but are actively bad. Like, I think it is bad for society that they put forth a couple of the ideas and points that they included in this episode. And I'm going to have to take like some pretty strong stances against those because I think they really fucked up a couple of times. Okay. Like, yeah. Fucked up. I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's not true. But I do sure, appreciate you saying fair. it. And uh, on behalf of our hit. on behalf of our listener community, um, we will we're going to fight the good fight. And I want to say, listen, we get emails and and uh, DMs and and you name it all the time. Uh, communicates from the Buttercup community, from our listener community, where people say, "Yeah, you, you know what? You're wrong, Coach Castleton. You're wrong, Coach Bishop. You're wrong, Boss." Um, the first two, they're pro- they are probably wrong, but Boss is often wrong. And I, I will say sure. that, uh, um, in, in all seriousness, we're, we're, we're all, we all only can see this show through the lens that we can see it. And certain things make complete sense and certain things don't. And listen, it's as simple as the human mind is so wonderful and amazing and, and, uh, sort of, um, uh, poorly conceived in certain way like why why is it when you knew somebody growing up uh let's say you have a friend they have a baby they don't tell the name because they're smart until the baby's born and they go okay yeah we decided to name him bruce and you go shit i hate this guy bruce that i grew up with right so you have a connection in your name to right like or you don't like a name because of an actor that had that name or you don't like you know and eventually the the child will if you're close will take over the name and repurpose the name or whatever but it's something as simple as that we do these things where we have these preconceived notions and we come in with them and um depending on the type of person you are, if you're a person who's judgmental and not curious, you will use those notions to arm yourself and prove why other people are wrong. Now, um, with regard to what boss is saying, I'm actually really excited. I just want to jump in and and share that for a decade of my life, um, my Pavlovian response to the name Nicole was, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I like my dad to, tried to name me Nicole. I used to, and my mom stepped in and was like, "No." There you go, mom. Prescient. No, I am now fine, but I had to 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 work through that. But yes, for like from sixteen, uh, you know, twenty five, twenty six, I'd say maybe around there. You know, you get married, you grow up a little, but it was yeah, it was visceral. Like I would have to remind <laughs> myself, you can't just not like this person because their parents named them that. Like it was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I, I have the coach. Weirdly, I have the exact same feeling about that name. Yeah, is yes. that for real? I should specify. My my mom's name is Nicole. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's talking to you. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She, okay. she, she can be a, she can be a bit of a handful for those people who are joining us for the first time. Um, yeah, she can. She's, I will. I will say though, and and I wouldn't even say in defense, just in full disclosure, absolutely charming in the small dose 
I got. Now I wasn't raised yeah. by her, oh. but oh my yeah. god, just oh, oh, no, a I delight. Yeah, it's, it's it's seriously amazing. It's it's amazing to watch. But also, we're going to talk about it this episode. I was so, I felt so seen by Dottie holding court. Like my mom does that. She does the thing that Dottie does. Oh where yeah. She's just, you know what I mean? Like, look at look at when 100%. you met her. She probably was. Oh yeah. Gregarious. She probably tried to feed you. She probably oh, yeah. was huggy, super huggy, super touchy. She'll grab your your arms. She'll tell you how she you're the son she's never had. She, she is seriously amazing in a room. It, it's like unbelievable. Accurate. She just turns the entire room around. When we used to go to, um, I grew up with. Uh, she's Greek Orthodox. Uh, grew up in the in the with the Greek Church, and they have these these um you know dances and things like that whatever every couple few times a year and she'd be the first one out in the dance floor and then she'd go pull other people onto the dance floor with her and she'd get the party going really? sometimes she would put, so oh yeah oh my god every time uh, unfailingly the center of attention what? she'd walk up and take take the microphone That's from funny. the priest and talk and go okay everybody like yeah i'm i'm yes i'm saying i get it I get it. But also, I don't know if I've ever gotten anything more than the faces and, and body language of Ted when his mom first was in his mm-hmm. apartment, kind of looking through his mm. through his cover. We'll talk about it as we yeah. get there. But I, she's like, oh, look pretty sparse or whatever. And I'm like, those comments, I'm te- my mom does that now. She'll come over and really? she'll say one little thing. And it's it's got such roots to it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I know the roots. I haven't, for, for, with all my ADHD, I know exactly what she's saying, no matter what she says. Right. She can say it with a uh, with a smile, but those are iron teeth. So wow. um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about we'll talk about all that, um, boss. Before we do this, um, mm-hmm. um, should we um, should we have a safe word, you and I? Mm. Um, it po- possibly. I'm I'm wondering. I. Th- I think it would be more for you than me because I'm going to try to be very nice, but also I'm not. So that's a problem. Got it. Yes. I, I, uh, I right now I'm the Kermit, that. the, uh, Kermit, the frog meme with the, when he's yeah. anxious. Oh. <laughs> that's me right now. No, no, no. I think I, I can make this not personal, but I, I definitely do. I don't want to ruin anybody's favorite episode. I just have strong feelings on a couple of their choices. And yeah. I will try to keep that as like fair and clean as possible while still calling out the, the, the they misrepresented Les Mis. I'm going to have to talk about it. I don't know they Les Mis like that, off. but uh, because of my uh, child and my wife, both loving musicals generally and both loving Les Mis I, uh, specifically, I can understand why that is horrendous. I can understand why that is just yes. egregious and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested yeah. to hear about this. Yeah, That'd me too. All right. So listen, if you're at home and you disagree with any of this, it's okay. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. You're not supposed to agree with us on everything. We don't agree with each other. So um, feel free to Too write sure. into us. Feel yeah. Feel free to, to you know hit us up on social media um, and or whatever, yeah. and we'll 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 chat 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 you. Up. Honestly, it was um, the middle of season two before I agreed that we were talking about Ted Lasso. If you want to know the truth, folks. <laughs> Showing I up and wondering what, what the fuck's going what on. What are these white people talking about? Where, the hell? I I thought we were what? What's happening? I thought we were here to discuss good times. What? <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> good. We should do. 
<laughs> we should do some talking about about good times. We really should. Yeah, um, it's Gilligan's Island in the ghetto, but we'll talk about that another day because it's oh. true. And the first time that was said to me, a little bit of my brains dripped out of my ears because I was like, oh my God, that's 100% the truth. It's Gilligan's oh. Island in the ghetto. And I just, it's funny, it's crazy, and it's true. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. I'm processing that right, right? now. Right? Yeah. Massive. They're always yeah. like, oh, we're going to get out of here. Oh, no. Mm, sorry. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, wait. Thelma's marrying an NFL player. Let's celebrate. Oh, we fucked up his knee. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just live here then. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just sleep on our fucking couch. Great. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll need to do that. That'll be a very special Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop now. Here we go. Yeah, Coach. We, we only have like four black listeners, so... Try to keep it as white as possible going forward. <laughs> coach, coach, take your microphone off because people are going to hear just silence. Coach, oh, thank you. Jesus Christ. People cannot see you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was cackling over here. You're right, though. Like, if you just hear the silence, it's like, oh, like, God. Shit. Oh, oh my God. Boy. Coach is so racist. Coaches hate each other. <laughs> Trying to keep it as white as possible going forward. Oh, I've said a lot of good things in my life. Um, okay, so um, we open. Oh, we're black. Ted is walking w- walking the walk. And um, he, oh, this is uh, written by Joe Kelly and uh, directed by Declan Loney. Um, we, are, we are just doing the walking through Richmond. Uh, exactly like the walk after Trent's uh, uh, story. About the, that's right. Yep, panic attacks. Uh, we get Hay Wanker. Um, you know, he's saying hi to everybody, and uh, it's just a, it's just a, you know, it's like sort of a, a bookend on, on the. This is like the final walk. It feels like right uh, that we're going to see of this nature, right? And it, like we said, uh, with the last three episodes, they're playing their greatest hits. Uh, everybody gets a curtain call. And so um, I went, the, the girl that ran by, I mentioned in the rapid reaction that I, I was hoping it was Shannon, um, but I don't know what ever happened to Shannon. So maybe they couldn't figure it out. Uh, I think Shannon makes a very quick appearance in the finale, in the, in the series finale. I will point out where I thought that happened. And I, I guess I could just check the credits. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think uh, Shannon shows up just very quickly coming to, uh, Coming to see what old Richmond going to do that day. Oh, is that right? Um, since that episode hasn't aired yet, as far as anybody knows who's listening to the podcast, Coach. So how do you – do you have a crystal ball, Coach? How are you so oh, – plug travel. in the future? Time All right. travel. Um, so we have um, uh, Ted just saying hi, and then he walks by the, the faded bench, the bench where – uh, what what has happened on this bench, Coach? As our resident uh, historian, um, <laughs> well, that's certainly that's where Beard was waiting after the the post Trent article uh, walk, and I believe it is also the bench where they toast with the beers um, after Michelle leaves with uh, boy, yeah. oh boy, why did my Henry? Ooh, I wanted to say Harry so bad. Um, but yeah, we're left with Henry. And uh, so, yeah, this has been sort of a, a central space uh, for, for old Ted Lasso. Yeah. 
And, uh, and boss, we mentioned on the rapid reaction that you have visited this area and we wondered if you had, have you sat on this bench? Not on that bench because it was broken when I was there, but there's another bench that I sat on that one instead. So but yes, the, this specific bench was, they needed to repair it. If, oh, if I ever hit the Powerball, the three of us are going to sit on that bench together. Just so you know. Yeah. Well, I, and I want to make sure that I mentioned I went to London to see a play. I didn't go specifically for Ted Lasso, although I definitely took advantage while I was there. Um, Ocean at the End of the Lane, based on a Neil Gaiman book. It is still running. I will go back at any point. If Like, let's do it. Let's fucking roll. We can, it, uh, I think it's in Edinburgh right now. We could stop there and then we could go to London. Absolutely, I'm in. I appreciate that. That's great. I, I, um, coach, isn't it funny? Remember when she went to London the first time when it was like season one, it, like it was real fresh and she's like, oh, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to like do the Ted Lasso fan tour. I'd love mm-hmm. it. And also catch like a Neil Gaiman play. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her lying right now. Lying. <laughs> I, have, I have the texts where I was, uh, texting with friends and I was like, is it wild? Is it a terrible idea? Because this was, January of 2020. So like still in Mm. pandemic, sort of vaccinated, but still in pandemic. I was like, is it fucking wild to fly to London to see a play based on a novella by Neil Gaiman? That is like this weird fantasy sci-fi type stuff. It's like the nerdiest shit that I've done in a really long time. I I can send those to you. You, you will not slander me now. Well, actually, technically I, Oh yeah, no, this is slander. I do, yeah, I slander you no matter what. Um, with facts well, or I no wanted facts. to make sure it wasn't liable. No, 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 yeah, oh right, liable. I just yes. to think through. Important I appreciate that. Um, I um, here's a here's a, a glimpse into the ADHD mind. When you said, "Oh, that was a," what did you say, January of 2020 or something? 2022. Yep. The fact that you are able to recall months and years is stunning to me. Stunning. I I, oh, I literally God. can't do it. I don't. My kid. So my kids have have diagnosed me with they say because i'm time blind they call it dystempria it doesn't exist that's something they call they're like oh dystempria because i cannot tell you Mm -hmm. i couldn't you say like like i know like i could generally tell you when i graduated from certain places and i could generally tell you generally when i lived in certain cities generally but i couldn't tell you a month or a day or even a season so I wanted to um, save this because I needed to see your faces when I told you earlier. It maybe was even last week and I forgot to mention it. Um, I had noticed the week prior that one of my credit cards had gone missing. I checked and there weren't any charges. So I was like, I put it someplace. I just need to figure out where that is or I'll reorder a new one. This is no problem. And I spent like five days trying to track back through what I had been doing. And then as I was getting into bed, I thought, oh, you went to that show. Maybe you stuck it in your little purse that you only use when you go to concerts. You should check there in the morning. And then I woke up in the morning and I checked and that was where my credit card was. Like I thought about it enough that I figured out where it was. And then I remembered over several hours to go back and look for it. And then it was there. And I was really proud of myself and felt like that would be something that you guys might be slightly impressed with me on. I I am totally impressed uh, by that. (laughs) No, no, really, because let me tell you something. The number of times that in a conversation, and it's embarrassing, it actually happened to me once I was running a room. So we're breaking this story. 
and my brain's going and I'm trying to track everything and I'm up at the board and someone made an idea and then a couple other people were, were building on the idea. And then I earnestly repeated the original idea. No bullshit. <laughs> Thank God it was a man who said it. So I didn't have to, you know, fucking go, no, 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 no. It's just that my fucking dopamine. And um, oh, yeah, God. no, literally was like, hey, I've got an idea. You said five minutes ago. And totally oh, said that. it, you know, and there was just this odd silence and I knew that must be what I just did. And so then I started type retracing like, okay, where, oh, I love how that. I fucking do that. Yeah. Real, true yeah, story. Uh, for, that is, no, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, like coach, we were buying, we were buying M&Ms uh, to go f- before our draft. You remember this with the, the draft? And, um, we were just, we go on like a shopping trip before we do this fantasy draft every year. And like, it's like a, we go to like a, you know, big box store or something, whoever has like a BJ's or a Costco membership, whatever it is. Right. And so we're in there and coach is deathly allergic to nuts, which I know. And he's like, all right, let's get some, uh, should we get some M&Ms? And, and he's like, yeah, just let's get some plain M&Ms. And I'm like, oh God, I just like peanut M&Ms so much more. And and then, so I'm looking for peanut M&Ms and we had just said he's allergic to that and it just vanished from my brain. It's an ADHD brain. Okay. But listen, the other side of that, it's, it's so fascinating because I remember I was shooting a movie one time and I went up to the director and I said, if you don't get this one shot, you will not have this scene. And I, because I was able to project forward mm-hmm. and start piecing the yeah, editing together in my mind. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it was a very, very specific shot he needed. And, oh, I got in a big fight with him. And it was a whole thing. I was producing. He was directing. It was, a, it was a thing. And he finally like huffed and puffed and did this one stupid little shot. And then, you know, seven months later, we're in the room. He's like, oh, my God. Thank God we had. Right. But only mm-hmm. it's so it's like it's not like your brain doesn't work organizationally. It's just that maybe the time thing is. I don't know. We don't know what time is, is anyway. Real. Anyway. So yeah. it's crazy. But yeah. So um, anyway. This is the walk from Ted Lasso. Uh, he this is a goodbye walk. He walks by the bench, and who's sitting in the bench, boss? Apparently, his mom. We see a shot of her at first. I need to mention again, uh, Becky Ann Baker, who is amazing, and I love her. Um, sitting there quietly, looking at him. He says, "Hey, how's it going?" And then comes back, does the double take, and says, "Mom." And she says, "Hey, Teddy." I like Teddy. I feel like it's. Yeah. I, I feel like generally speaking, it's kind of a nice touch when mom, you know, whatever. But I think particularly this relationship, the guy he told, you know, Roy, the 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 mom, sorry, he told Roy would, you know, tell him something nice or show him something nice before she had some bad news. Of course, she calls her grown son Teddy. Of course. So I, anyway, I, I I liked it as a way to get going with her yeah we're going to talk a little bit about um through this episode about mother son relationships or mother child relationships um and uh there's a uniqueness to it and and i'll say like as a father i've always tried to project like i'm the safest place in the world you know like you come back to dad and you you will be fine like whatever but there is an absolutely unassailable thing about moms and um, it's not a competitive thing. It's not like, oh, your dads are people too. It's not that. It's it's just your mom is your mom. And uh, it's such a – so these amazing moments where you see you see in this episode, you'll see some of them. Um, and then I'm interested to, to peel the onion with Boss on those. Um, but 
these are relationships that are so foundational to how someone gets launched into an existence on this planet that you can't, you almost can't um, overstate the importance of it. Um, and so we've spent a, a tremendous amount of time on this show, on, on this, uh, on this podcast, talking about something that Ted Lasso has spent a tremendous amount of time on, which is, he said from the mouth of, of the creator himself, uh, uh, he said, this is a show about bad dads, right? And right. so it's nice to see, uh, sort of dip our toe into, into the world of moms here a little bit. Especially since they are a way to understand someone's crazy. Yeah. So it's like a map. We've right? known, we've, we, we, we've, we've had this idea floating around us for a while in the show. Yeah. Um, so now we cut to a taste of Athens boss. Will you walk us through a taste of Athens, please? Yep. So we walk in. Uh, there's an overhead shot. We come up on Jade's back. And as she's walking to the back of the restaurant, we find out that Nate has taken on a job as a waiter there or as a server of some sort. Uh, not exactly sure. Uh, they have a little chat uh, about patriarchy. Obviously, uh, a big thing this summer, especially with the Barbie movie, and also just the general state of the world. It's a great, um, it's a great little beat there, though, because she. First of all, he says, "I don't think the cleaners clean the floor," and she says, "There are." Then why do we put the chairs on the table? And Jade says, "Just the patriarchy," patriarchy. which is which is a perfectly reasonable answer for anything crappy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind. Right. I don't mind Jade defaulting to that one bit. And I'm like, where's this Jade? I wish I knew this Jade was like from the get go. I would have been in a yeah. huge uh, different place with yeah. Jade. But anyway, they, they could have accomplished some of the other things with a bit of that. I just wanted to point out that they had uh, Nate do a bit of a Jack in the box kind of surprise yes. entrance. And I thought that definitely was intended to amuse I just wondered if either of you thought it had anything else to it. It seems so, I don't know. It, I didn't, it, unlike everything else where I'm like, that's in season one, that's in season two. I feel like that was actually kind of a unique moment in terms of the blocking, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other time. The only thing I could sort of think of is Roy in the ice bath in season one. But that's not exactly popping up. That's more that he's just hanging out. That was more Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in I terms of mean. people in containers, mm. that it's sort of similar. All right, boss, keep going. Walk us through the rest of this uh, Taste of Athens, please. Uh, so after Nate says, uh, fair enough, I'll go get a broom. Uh, Jade goes to the front, and we've got Colin, Will, and Isaac who are standing there. Yes. And she says, we're not open for another half hour. Would you care to wait not here? Magnificent. And Will and Isaac both turn to leave because they're like, oh, yes, nope, absolutely. You were, right. you were being an in-charge woman and telling me what yeah. to do, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and Colin is the only one that's like, actually, we're here to see Nate. Uh, and so as she's saying no such man exists, uh, Nate comes whistling up from the back. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, God. All right, you guys are here and I'm pushing a broom. Um. So this is where they have a little chat. Uh, they said, oh, God, it's true. Will says, how did you go through the money so fast? Uh, did you get addicted to the limelight? And Nate's <laughs> like, no, I just I just wanted to work here. Like, it's just, it's what I'm choosing to do right now. Yeah. And she's spending time with his girlfriend. 
she's right. Uh, oh, well, she was right here because Jade apparently ducked out right when he was trying to be like, hey, look at my lovely girlfriend who I get to hang out with all the time at this place, this job that I'm working. And she's gone. We'll bump into this otherwise. And I mean, obviously, I, I get what's happening here. But it was it's it's interesting to consider that it is truly unthinkable. Like it is unthinkable that what Nate said could possibly be the truth. No, I'm not broke. I just, you know, I saw this job and I thought it was, you know, relatively interesting and I didn't have anything else to do, so I'm I'm doing this. Like it's like no, 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 no. You would only do that if you were in dire financial straits. It's a very interesting, like the tone of it is very, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, he must have really screwed up his life. It's not an easy job. I will say being a waiter is. Not oh no, easy. not at all. It's, I, I, no. I have done it. I, I, I worked uh, waiting tables again. It's crazy to be someone with ADHD and try to remember. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. But, but yes, no, it's, um, it's something that uh, it's it's tough. You're on your feet. You're fast moving. It's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, um, really hard work. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, to go from a, one of the top, you know, managers in the world to waiting tables in Tooting uh, seems like a uh, it's questionable. I I want to point out here um, that. Nate does think something I really love, which is a callback to when Beard was in his office and said, you were weird about Colin. Um, and he's like, now get out or whatever. And he says, and whatever. And then he turns back and he's like, it's my office. And Beard was gone. And I right, called right, it out right. uh, in the rapid reaction. I called it out in the episode, but it was Nate looks for Beard and then looks up. I don't right. know what his instinct is to look up. That's funny. But when he turned around in this scene to look for Jade, he also looked up. <laughs> like I don't know where he, I don't know if he thinks he's. What is what is it of... that the uh, evangelicals say when they uh, they think like when the, you know God's gonna sweep on by and just pick them up and leave the rest of us here and like they get raptured or something like that? Isn't that the word? Oh yes, the rapture. So maybe yeah, yeah. maybe yes, yes, maybe yes. maybe Nate thinks yeah. there's a little rapture action going down. Maybe that is what happened. Yeah, Jade got raptured right there in the taste of Athens. Um, uh, okay, so. Uh, Yes, uh, she was right here. That was my girlfriend. Uh, what are you guys doing here? And boss, what do they say? We want you to come back to Richmond. Now, okay, great. Uh, boy, I would have liked to have seen uh, that uh, meeting. Uh, t- totally cool. Not gonna, not gonna harp on it. But in in the in the world of of um, choices to do things off screen, I I say kind of kind of would have enjoyed seeing that. You do, yeah, bruv, because this shit, shit here is sad as fuck. And, oh, I hear a doorbell. Who is it, boss? Yeah, that's me. It's probably Amazon. I'll be right back. <laughs> so um, while boss is running off, uh, this shit it's just here is sad as fuck. Well, is, it, uh, it's also oof. what um, Anastasia or Anastasia said about that place. She did say it's sad, yeah. So, right. you know, I think, you know. She didn't say sad as fuck. Third, no, said, not sad as fuck. But, yeah, she said like, this, this is, is sad. sad. So yeah, so interesting that uh, when the when the when the truth serum is in play, Coach, what makes a place sad as fuck? Huh. Um, I think in part if it feels like the fun of it is behind it time wise. 
So like like I've definitely walked into places and and immediately thought like like some steakhouse or even a diner or whatever. And it seems like you know probably twenty five years ago this place was kind of hopping. I bet there were like teenagers making sure to swing by here on the weekend. It's all over now. Now we're just you know selling three day old lemon meringue pie slices. But once upon a time, <laughs> this was the so, fucking but- place to be. I'm trying to I'm trying to hone in on the feel of it because you get that thing. You go into a place and you go, this feels and like what I again, I don't know what it is. Is it a combination of the aesthetic quality of the mm-hmm. place? Is it the uh, general vibe of the people who inhabit or work at the place? Like, is it the lighting? Is it the combination I of think, all of those? I things? think because lighting you know, is and big. And all that, right? You I know? think I think when a place is physically dark. It doesn't necessarily make it sad, but I think it can contribute. So I think the physical darkness. Also, if you hear that gnawing sound, I'm not sawing through uh, someone's femur. That is uh, Biggie going to town on this bully stick. That is how I get quiet around here. So sorry. Love it. As uh, Coach's dog, Biggie Smalls, um, who is uh, – how many uh, pounds is uh, Biggie these days, Coach? He is a scale-tilting eight pounds. Okay, Nice. Nice, and he'll be uh, he'll be one year old in less than a month. So, don't see him getting wow. to fifty, but uh, you know we'll see. No, we'll see how it plays out. Um, okay, so all of you, you want me to come? Yeah, it'll be good to have you back. The whole team talked about it; it was unanimous. Again, boy, I would have liked to have seen that, except for Bumber Catch, who abstained because he's passionately anti-democratic. So that makes him a socialist. Is that what it was? He's a socialist. I'm trying to think what he is in in Switzerland. What would what would he? Yeah, be? no, he's not, a, he's not an authoritarian. He's not a so it's got to be. Some I think form he's of, mostly a chaos agent. Is the sense I get? Oh, anarchist actually does make sense. Right? Does it like follow the money? The Hague. Yeah, he wants yeah. to see the the court of justice in the Hague. I don't know. I thought it was just. He has to be. Yeah, no, that feels kind of like um uh and not an anarchist in terms of absolute chaos, but anarchist in terms of. This system is completely fucking broken and needs to be overthrown, not rehabilitated. I feel like anarchist in that way kind of makes sense. Aren't we all in that, if that's the definition? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's fucking true. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, so uh, so what, Ted asked you guys to come here to get me uh, to come back? Uh, this is a very hopeful look on, on Nate's face. I, I would uh, posit that some of the best uh, acting from Nick Muhammad and the most subtle acting from Nick Muhammad came in this episode. I really love his facial huh. expressions, his body here. Yeah. He's always good. I, uh, I will, you take that to the bank. He is an amazing actor. Um, we saw him, I think being directed to go a bit over the top with certain things, walking across and throw the street and throwing the box in the mm-hmm. air. Um, huge mm-hmm. smiles. Um, evil Nate versions of himself that were big, but I think uh, the best actors can do subtle very well. And I think if you look at his body language, the way he holds his shoulders, um, his, um, I made fun in the rapid reaction of the, uh, the sheer amount of hair dye they put in his eyebrows. It just seems <laughs> like comical to me, but um, yeah. Uh, but still he, he is, uh, he is excellent. Uh, no, Ted doesn't know about it. We wanted to ask you to see if you wanted to come back before we approach Ted. And 
right away he there's this this glimmer of hope, which is what does hope do for your coach? Kills you. Yep. It's hope that kills you. And then boss, he has this glimmer of hope. And then why does he say, uh, okay, well, sorry guys, right away. What is that in Nate's personality? Well, that feels like the externalized need for validation that he doesn't have internal self-worth and he's constantly looking for other people to validate that he is good enough or that they want him or that they like having him around and those types of things. I'm sitting right it here. It seems like something. I mean, <laughs> Oh, you meant Nikki. I'll yeah. go back on mute. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's actually the thing. Like it's, I understand it. It's fairly common. I have, um, I don't, it, it's not necessarily uh, an external need for validation, but I do have a, uh, the, the Emily show that I put on, like, I do want people to think, Oh, she's smart and funny and tells a good story. Like, I have my own version of this. I nobody, think everybody does. I, nobody thinks that. Nope. Nobody thinks no. that. I keep failing. To it's a, really interesting a, that I, I can keep speak for the universe. <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> and it All doesn't right. work. Fine. Some of us think that. Eh, <sighs> that's fine. Um, it, yeah. So everybody has this to an extent, but his is extreme or maybe acute. I'm not sure exactly but, how you would rate ooh. this, but but boss, but boss, he uh patched things up with his dad last episode, which means he's right. fixed. So everything is fixed. Uh, it's one it's always one big conversation and then everything is fixed. I feel like I you was told to... not to egg boss on. And then that just happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And I'm like, wait, if, what? If there's any <laughs> if there's any the gold standard of this show is uh, do as I say, not as I do, Coach. I think yes. I've, I've established that uh, with a low character and uh, forgetful nature. Um, uh, coach. Going to um, blast right through this one. Yeah, I know, for sure. So um, I was going to say, I was going to say um, <laughs> that uh, I thought it was interesting that this was such a quick response from Nate only because. Yeah, he has looked for extrinsic validation, and he has um, gone through the ringer. I think we're supposed to understand that a few weeks have passed of him being at the... I, I could be wrong. I, I, I felt like he had learned the ropes at Taste of Athens, mm -hmm. um, and that he was sort of settling into a new kind of thing. Um, and uh, we're going to get to how I, why I think that a little bit, and, and some key elements. I guess, like, for me... I said this, I probably, God, I don't remember when, how, when we, Coach and I said the same thing. And I think, Boss, you were with us on this, where we're like, until he self-identifies as Wonder Kid and owns it and admits it, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have time for him. I don't care. Like, I don't care about your lies. You know what I mean? Like, once, if you lie about something so basic that everybody knows, right, everybody knows, you can look at a man and you can say, does that man weigh 215 pounds? And everybody knows, no, that man does not weigh 215 pounds. Absolutely you can look not. at you can look at Nate and you can say, um, he said Wonder Kid on camera in front of millions of people. And we have the tape to prove it. And he's as till he says, yes, I did. I did. I own that. Um, then there's no, it's like, it's like a sort of a waste of time. So um, we're going to talk about this as we keep going forward. But um, he says, thank you, though. You know, it's interesting. I just want to jump in on that. You know, it's a big thing to be able to face your flaws, like in a real way. It, that's like just as a as a grown up, right? Like just 
you know, what you're describing, we've all had that moment where we just had to eat it, right? Like we just had to admit like, yep, I did that. That was pretty fucking boneheaded. Sorry about that. And in a way, I think the hope that we saw from Nate in this scene was, oh, goody, Ted's done my work for me. I actually don't have to go eat this bowl of shit that I'm rightfully needing to eat. Right. Because if Ted said, everybody said, come back. Oh, okay. Ted said, come back. Everybody said, come back. It's all good. Everything's fine. Say, no, 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 no. There's still, you like, you still have a bowl of shit to eat. And I think his, oh, thanks, but no thanks is in part him still not being able to say, I said, wonder kid, I ripped the sign. I spilled the beans. Ted, I am sorry. But he, yes, coach. Yes, for sure. And, Nate engineered this. Nate didn't um, write Will a email. He he invaded the Richmond locker room, like physically put himself on the premises, and to make now listen. I like the choice. I'm not I'm not disparaging the choice. It's a good choice, and I think he it was a long time coming, and I think it was a it was a good move, and and I think Will recognized it. Uh, for the good move that it was, and and the in the spirit of what it was, and it was signed properly, it had a sprig of lavender. I, I don't. I think it was a masterful sort of move, but you can't argue with the fact that that's where he did the move. So he must have been longing, even if it's subconscious, for some uh, some beat of I want to be back in that place that gave me so much joy. And it's not lost on me that the um, uh, that the movement that starts. Based on that, based on Nate's initial sort of inciting action, comes via the players and will, um, and that that's powerful because it's like a it's almost like a like a low low key uprising, you know. It's not coming from man. It's not top down, right? It's coming from a from a mm-hmm. uh, people who have been uh, oh. sort of schooled in the lasso way, right? Are go go ahead, coach. Whatever your thought is, go go. So. This is actually another example of them being able to go out on the pitch and do it on their own. They get it, right? So before Ted had to say, look, I had a I had a dad, Sam had a dad. I just watched Jamie's father throw a cleat at him. So yes, he can come back because he deserves a shot, right? And he doesn't have to explain that to Sam anymore. He doesn't have to explain that to the team anymore. Like they now, independent of him, say, that's Nate. He's our guy. He fucked up. Let's, let's, let's go, let's go get him. That's not who he is. That's what he did. Let's go get him. And, and so I think this, this has, this is like a, a step for them as a, a group. And I will take my tongue lashing off air. Oh, you saw my face. Um, So one of the things that I think the episode doesn't do a great job of, and I'm not sure if this is that the writers don't have the experience or their understanding of it is different, but what I have read from Nate's behavior in retrospect now throughout the entire series, what I believe is that Nate is abusive. Like actually he is abusive to Will um, Absolutely. He tries to be abusive to Colin. The betrayal of Ted is a bit abusive. So 
there is a very big difference between somebody fucking up one time or even a few times, somebody like having a fuck up and you saying like, Hey Jamie, you can like come be with us. Like at the beginning of the show, Jamie was abusive to Nate. Absolutely. We also saw him start from a really terrible position and then Ted was introduced and this idea was introduced and Jamie took steps in order to become better. He went to therapy and he stopped thinking of his own emotional needs and started considering other people's and realized that he can't lash out at other people. I have a big issue with the fact that Nate has exhibited a lot of abusive behavior to a lot of different people and hasn't seemed to reconcile any of that. Like what he did do was make peace with his dad. What he has not done is recognized he felt like shit when he said Wonder Kid. So he lashed out at Will because he blamed Will for his own bad emotions. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you at this point. I think the next step is not that he gets better, but that he starts abusing Jade. Like looking down his road right now, I don't think he's done enough work where he's going to have a healthy relationship with the team and with her. I think this is going to be a repeat of somebody makes him feel good. That goes away. So he starts acting out. Somebody else makes him feel good. That goes away, so he starts acting out. Why, like why? I'm not hopeful for Nate. Why would you say that? Because I think it's true. <laughs> because I know that it's really. I don't think that he's going to hit Jade, but I think that he's going to do the same sort of emotional and verbal shit that he did to Will to her. I don't think that she'll stand for it, but I think that he will try it. You I believe you make I, you make some really good points here, boss. Honestly, like like. The, who know who's to say what what oh my happen? feelings be damned is that basically <laughs> no, 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 no 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 go listen, ahead seriously listen. it was really there, well there is that was it, really well listen stated. if you if you if you really do step back let's take the the key players out of this and you go what's difference what's different about the gesture the, the you know listen if you think about domestic abusers right one of the hallmarks of a of a of a real uh, veteran domestic abusers, they do the abuse, right? And then all of a sudden they buy presents and I'm um, honey, I'll never do it again. I'm so yep. sorry. Whatever. Right. What, what is to say that that isn't Nate, Nate's version of, of, you know, the, the locker room thing, they have a moment yeah. of clarity and then without doing the work, they go right back to the pattern of destructive behavior. Now, I don't think we have enough information to suggest that that is what's going to happen, and the show wants us to believe certainly that is that is not what's going to happen, boss. They are they are trying to establish, right. especially by the role that Nate will eventually sort of occupy as a as a sort of indicator of his changed persona. But you make an excellent point, and let's not gloss over it because. It happens everywhere. It happens across the yeah. world. We see it all the time and people get fooled. So he's, oh, flowers must mean he loves me and he's sorry. Like, not, mm, you well, know, we were fooled so easily. Like first season, Nate, we didn't register as being abusive whatsoever. He had the blow up at Rebecca at the very end. And we were like, oh, well, that's because he was upset. Like that's out of well, character. We did call it out on this. On we this, called it out. Yes. It out. But yeah. like we said, it, yeah, but I don't know how much we called it out. Like, I don't remember all throughout season one, ever feeling like he is dangerous. Right. And so I think like we all fell in love with sweet little timid Nate who didn't believe enough in himself. Mm -hmm. And then it was only in retrospect that we were like, oh shit. Yeah, no, that was bad. That was bad stuff. Yeah. The speech and make Rebecca great again, that literally made me cry in retrospect. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. That was all foreshadowing. Like this guy is rough. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, I just want to say, I definitely understand that the writers, what they were going for and that that is what they want us to believe. I have a hard time with them saying, this is how, this is a way in which he would be now become a safe person. When I feel like in real life, there's no indication that that's true. I I think you're a hundred percent right. And I also think, Part of the work, like even, um, uh, I almost time traveled again, but part of the work when you're doing therapy is yes, figuring out what some of those wounds are, figuring out, you know, and the sort of cliche around, oh, your mother screwed you up, oh, you're going to therapy, so you'd ask you. There's that. But part of that work is also then looking at how that shows up in your life. And it doesn't only show up in how you react to your mother. It doesn't only show, right? And so, so interestingly, I would, I, I, I would say, hearing a hundred percent what you said, Coach, about you know they've come back, you know, abusers will say, "I love you, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again." I think there is a significant percentage, I won't say majority or not or whatever, of abusers who believe the shit when they say it. Now, the rest of oh, us yeah. from the outside For looking sure. in oh. may go, get the fuck out of here. But the, I think there is a sense of like, oh, wow, that was crazy. I really, you know, but that button, that uh, that awareness, whatever it takes to be able to go, uh-oh, this feels like blah, blah, blah. When I was six, I need to take my steps to not do my normal reaction. Without that, it's a promise they actually can't make. Yep, absolutely. But the instinct is to make it. Yeah, so, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't you. want, and I, I don't want to um, reference too many other shows in this episode because we've got too much to talk about, but um, Barry had a theme of him repeatedly saying, starting now, like everything's going to change starting mm-hmm. now, and then he would do nothing to change it, and then nothing would change, and then he would make the promise again after some other point, starting now. Jade, you in so, yeah, danger, people girl. people do that all the time. I mean, no, 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 wait, no, 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 I mean it emotionally, but no, I'm serious. I think I don't think I don't think so. And here's why. Here's why this is boss is right because boss lives in the real world and boss is adding real world values to a Disney show. And so this is what that's what's happening here. So I don't think Jade is in danger. And I don't think that's like saying the gazelle man actually inappropriately touched Rebecca. It's like it's like not on this show. Yes. Boss is right that. As we discuss these things, we have to be mindful about this very, very common and destructive element of our society, but it is not, um, and, and we, we have to see the warning signs as they're written by a staff who has the limitation of writing for television with a limited amount of time and a limited amount of development. But Boss is, so boss is not wrong on any of those levels other than I think, and, and this is, you're not wrong, Boss, but I think that's that's not this particular show well, well, uh but, but yes but I, 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 I hear what you i guess maybe there's a yes and in, built into this because i absolutely hear what you're saying i don't think in the writer's room they were contemplating hey does he end up being verbally abusive to jade big mystery like i i don't think that but one of the things i have pounded the table about for this show is i do feel that there's an emotional honesty, even if sometimes it has to get condensed into story beats in ways that maybe, eh, that's not exactly how that would go. But I could see the progression. Here, I think that's absent. And I do think it's worth noting 
that truly, based on what we've seen, even in the context of the Ted Lasso world, there really isn't reason to believe this behavior is going to change. Like, Jamie goes through some things that make that make us go, I see that this character would behave differently, even in the context of this universe where things are great. I, I, I tend to land on, even in this context, how, why? What made, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I like that he left I, I the think note. This is, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and I do think that this is one of the instances where there might be lessons that I don't quite, I feel like maybe they should, the writers needed to do more work in order to establish, but the lesson that they are trying to teach, I think has been good and applicable to real life. In this case, I feel like the lesson they are trying to teach would be bad were it applied to real life. That's my issue with the way that this is going. I, now, I, is that yes, I, I like, I I, yeah. Like if you are looking for the show at, to be sort of a moral guide into how you should treat people and how you should behave with them, this is not a good lesson. You, you shouldn't be engaging with Nate when he hasn't done the work and he could hurt you again. Like that's, that's bad. Yeah. I, I'm with it. Well, way to cheer everybody up guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Happy Friday. Uh, so on that same, with that same, um, the same sort of, uh, <laughs> that same sort of vibe that we're, we're uh, putting out here. I don't think it's a good idea for me to come back to Richmond. So thank you though. They go, Oh, okay. And they go to leave. Cool. They're, they're like, Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, Isaac says, can I have 75 kebabs to go? Uh, no. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, 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 chicken, pork, or lamb. And, of course, that, <laughs> that that actually is pretty good. Dumps, stumps, uh, Isaac. Oh, stump! Yes, yeah. no way to figure this out. No, 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 no methodology to, to do that. Or twenty five of each. Nate offers, and huge smile by Colin McKinney. <laughs> I love this guy's face so much. Biggest smile ever. Uh, snaps his fingers, points to him, Nate the Great, and and uh, listen, Nate, it's yeah, it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment to remember when he was Nate the Great. We yep. all love Ted yes. Lasso, you know, in perpetuity when he was you know, the great Roy Kent speech. I mean, this was yeah. this was epic. It was gigantic Loved when it. he was Nate the Great, right? He can get back to that just by uh, properly uh, s- splitting up even even segments of kebabs. Then uh, that's not a high bar. But um, oh, I think as a yeah, sorry. as a beat, it's a nice beat. I love it, too. Yes, to everything you just said. And because there's so much around status, but Isaac's love for Nate the Great is about loving who he is essentially. Right? Like, Nate was always figuring some shit like that out. Nate, you know what I mean? Say what you want about Nate. No one ever said, oh, I went to my locker and my towel wasn't where it was supposed to be. Nate was on his shit. As you know what I mean, yes. and 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 I think kind of remembering that part of him, the best of him, really speaks to as much to Isaac as it does to what he's remembering. That 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 you know, for everything that's going on, good old Nate the Great solving solving problems, being the smart guy. Yes, oh, and, and who doesn't love an appetizer sampler? Absolutely. 
I, I want to point out, Coach. You you've said now twice in this in this segment. You mentioned, um, uh, you know, status is important, and you mentioned why are we so hesitant to admit our flaws. And I want to point out that it's because they're because they're perceived or framed as flaws. They're, the 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 job of working as a waiter has every bit as much honor, and there's no lack of morality in working as a waiter as opposed to a premier league coach there's no the things that people in society deem to be quote-unquote flawed are because of a absolutely ridiculous perception of what humans should be there are you know we have we have body shaming and job shaming and and you know parenting shaming you name it everybody's Mm -hmm. got a position on how everybody else should do everything else Mm -hmm. and the thing is like the fact that they are misconstrued as flaws is why people have a hard time owning them and talking about them. You know, you, you just, it is so wrongheaded uh, to aspire to a false, uh, you know, this, this, this sort of amalgam of avatars that leads to the perfect, you know, the Barbie movie did this fantastically. Um, But it's like, what are we aspiring to? And and who who yes. set that as the aspirational yes. like goal? It's ridiculous. We're all perfectly yes. fine the way we are. We all should be accepted for who we are. You know what? Some people don't want to be a motherfucking Premier League manager. They want to be a waiter because it's like in their wheelhouse and they like working in restaurants. Like there's nothing wrong with anything that anybody anyone chooses. And what happens is society gets in and makes this absolute uh, you know miasma of 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 expectations that nobody could possibly ever live up to. And then we, now all of a sudden we're all burdened with the, uh, the concern about whether or not we're meeting up to a impossible standard. Um, so anyway, I think it's, I just want to point that out before we gloss over it and before we move on, because it's, we're all experiencing it. We all deal with it in different ways. And uh, I mean, not me, because I'm a middle-aged white man. So the world is my <laughs> but, every, but everybody else deals with it. And it's, but it's important because, you know, it's something that affects all of us in, in different ways, but we're all burdened by that ridiculous expectation. So I, I think yes to everything you just said. And, and one of the things I have been landing on more and more is that, um, what Ted, what Ted does, big picture, if you just watch this entire show and even other parts of his life that we hear about, is he frees people. That, that, that essentially, that's what he does. He, he, he frees people. And so I think you have to free yourself or, or be freed and, and embrace that freedom to be able to be that person, to be that waiter or whatever it might be, and just live in that. Like one of my, I'll just use this as an example, but like, you know, we talked about the coaching I've done with kids and and whatever. Well, well, guess what I wasn't doing when I was doing all that shit, making money. That's uh, something I was not fucking doing. And there are a lot of ways in life where, you know, depending on whose scorecard you're using, I really fucked up. Like, what are you doing teaching kids to reach across to grab a f- goofy fucking flag when there's money out there to be made? So I have to be to 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 assess that situation in a way that's at all fair to me. I have to free myself or be freed on some level from that 
way, you know, from that way to recognize, yes, that's the scorecard. That's not my scorecard. And that's not the way I choose to look at this piece. Or you'll always sort of be in a little bit of a, you'll be chasing your tail because it'll be, I think this thing is important. I'm going to do this thing. Oh yeah, I failed because look at my report card. Yeah. You, no, you're a hundred percent right. You're especially, especially when we're talking about women and minorities, uh, like, what are we talking? Like, you think it's bad for white people to live up to expectations. It's literally impossible for women to do anything right. And God forbid, if you're, if you're any, any person of any color anywhere on the planet, it's like, you just go, okay. All right. So, so freeing yourself is fundamental. I love that coach. There's this, there's this thing uh, that I talk about all the time. I've mentioned on the show before where um, Emily was talking about uh, Emily. Who the f- who's Emily, by the way, who the hell is Emily? Are you, I was referring you guys to have somebody sitting in our boss, Emily uh. Chambers. Yeah. Um, but we talked about um, women of a certain age becoming invisible. Right. And it is shocking for women at, for, for I would say all women, but it's shocking for some women when they hit that thing. And then for other ones, it's utterly liberating. Uh, it is fantastic. So I talk a lot about here in New England, um, there's this strange dynamic where you have women, they get to a certain age, they raise their kids. They, first of all, they become invisible on the way to raising their kids. The kids go, the kids go to college and then move out. Now they're stuck with the man that they chose 30, 40 years before, right? Uh, typically that man has a, yeah, just because I'm speaking from, from, you know, friends and people I know and very oftentimes that man has a dependence on alcohol. And uh, so it's, but it's just the two of them left in the nest. And then for the first time in that woman's life, she starts discovering who the hell she actually is. And it is transcendent. It is so amazing. Cause she's like, wait, what do I want? Cause she has to ask. She's not saying uh, she's not burdened by getting her kids to school or do, you know, as parents, you're always, Oh, should I put my kids in more sports? My kids spending too much screen time on, you know, who, you know, should I uh, do all the things that, you know, the, the rules have changed when you parent, but when you're completely freed, like what coach is saying from that, that uh, the burden of that, you just have to decide, wait, who am I? And then you have women start to explore. Okay. I'm going to join a yoga class. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start to do that. I might, might travel with a friend to somewhere. Honey, do you want to go to um, on a cruise with me? Or do you want to go experience this thing? No, I don't want to go. Go with your friend. Okay, good. Now you have women traveling all over the world. It, right. And it's like it's like a awakening. It's Kate Chopin, you know, sort of a awakening moment. And you go, this is this is remarkable. Why can't it happen when women are nine, 10, where they start that process? And then at 13, the, the society comes in and crushes them. I don't I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but it is something that you know, it's all part and parcel of what you're talking about, coach, and the freedom. Well, I mean, I, I think no discussion of what it's like to be a woman would be complete without both guys um, speaking to it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in here. Obviously, not me clearly, um, but but I will say that when I there's a there's a speech, uh, I guess you know, spoiler alert to some degree, not really uh, in the Barbie movie that people have been talking about, and and it's basically just you know the movie in fairness, does kind of stop for a character to break down what it's like to be a woman in real life. Like just, and some people thought it was great. Some people think it sucks, whatever. I thought the most interesting thing about it was I probably could count, certainly without moving from my fingers to my toes, the number of times I sat in a movie theater and had 
in front of me any question or exploration of what it's actually like to be a woman. Like, period. Yeah, because, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, so, you know what I mean? So I felt like, yeah, uh, you probably do need, for the people who are like, oh, come on, who doesn't know that? I'm like, a lot of fucking people don't know that. I I didn't, like, I feel like I learned a little bit and I feel like I've been trying to pay attention. So, anyway. And... Uh, You're not wrong about that at all. I think the interesting part is that that has happened in other movies previously, but not ones that both men and women and people in general receive. That's a lot of, just because of the nature of being a woman in society is that chick flicks aren't seen by men. Right. And so the movies where they are talking about those things, guys are like fucking... I'm not going to watch the Sisterhood of the Trailing Pants or fucking How to Make an American Quilt. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coach. Why don't you watch Steel Magnolias every once in a while, you fucker? All right. <laughs> okay, but Steel Magnolias have, is just. I've had. I have good. watched Steel yeah. Magnolias first of all. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. So Shit. obviously, I'm all enlightened. Right. You Neanderthal. <laughs> I know me. <laughs> um, yeah. No. No. Well, listen. This is be- this is beautiful. And and we listen. One of the reasons we like to bring this stuff up, even as men on a show where we outnumber the women two to one, uh, is because uh, we, one of the things we we spent a lot of time on in season two, we talked about just what it's like to be a woman getting getting dressed in the morning. Choices you have to make for your clothing, choices you have to make for your, that men do not have to make. We do not have to make it. We don't have to think about it. If I put my hair up in a ponytail, what message does that send to a man who would think to, like to sexualize and infantilize mm-hmm. me? It's if you go, oh my god, what like, oh my dudes I'm, don't have to spend a second thinking about that shit. So I, anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I am sorry, but I have to share this because I was so blown away. Like it was even like, wow, even as a guy. I am having a hard time even finding where this came from. So this woman posts, you know, some guy on, you know, some argument thread shares his sincere belief that women who post social media picture, their social, all their social media pictures are with their kids are intentionally posting those pictures because they want guys who are going to beat it to images of them to feel awkward about it. I was like, that is the craziest shit I've heard in a long time. Wait, what? Yeah. So I I meet, I'm this guy, I meet Renee, make up a name, and I go, ooh, Renee's hot. Mental note, let's go look at some pictures of Renee because, hey, gotta do that. If I go look at pictures of Renee and all the pictures are are Renee and her kids, it's because Renee wants me to feel uncomfortable masturbating to images of her. Like, how centered do you have to be in someone else's fucking existence to believe any of that, you lunatic? I mean, I've heard a lot of shit, but even I am like that. Th- that that's new for me. That, but that's I kind of I kind of like it though. If that actually is true, I'm not saying it's true. Oh I'm not trying to say it's true, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that would be kind of clever. I, I don't have that. Listen, I, it's funny because uh, sometimes when I'm doing hiring or things like that, uh, working with writers or um, 
they'll be like, oh yeah, I checked out all your socials and see if we I were compatible. That. I'm like, oh fuck, I, I, I just never have incorporated that into my I world. Know, I don't yeah. kind of give a shit. I go off like, hey, have I, do I like this person? Do I get the right feel? Um, so, but yeah, and then, but then you hear about like, oh, I met someone like anecdotally, whatever, and then, and then, oh yeah, then, then that leads to masturbation. I'm like, wow, like here, here I think I know I'm the, the resident prude on the podcast, but like never once like never once never it never even occurred to me to think to do that but but imagine like think about it right so the next level is have the thought do the thing but then believe that the choices made on that page are centered around your masturbatory practices like yeah no that's true most people do most women have kids uh, and families just to prevent whoever that guy is from 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 banging one out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is I mean, happening? That's anyway. why I had I, a family. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I got a level with you. That's another, it, like, just an entire new level because when I post pictures, it doesn't even occur to me, oh, somebody's going to be jerking it to this. Like, that's the level where I'm like, it, I just... I just wanted to make a joke about Jimmy World. Like, well, that's I know, why I put boss, this picture listen, up. Listen, as I'm sure people do for yours, especially once they heard that you're sh- shaving your feet. And, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And talking shaving about how hot you were while mm-hmm. shaving your feet. And I think like you have to you have to just imagine there's just going to be a an ocean of uh, masturbators out there. Aww. Um, you got to get some kids. Yeah. I could run that's with that joke, but we're going to just move on. This is about Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. So um, uh, we say um, Nate the Great, nice, thank you. Uh, and and there's this this uh, we are still rolling credits over the top of this, by the way, when this is happening. And so Nate walks away once once he goes to get the kebabs. He heads out back, big smile. Uh, I love his body here. I love his smile. He's very understated. He walks back, broom in hand, and um, who's waiting there to watch him go, boss? That'd be Jade, yeah. overhearing the entire conversation, right. even though she disappeared into the ceiling. Right. Just quick that way. And and so, yeah, that's the that's the sort of opening, the opening vibe uh, that you get from that. Um, I... Uh, I'm going to call it there today uh, because I really want to focus on Dottie in a way that Mm. is Dottie centric. And we've been talking about a lot of issues and there's a lot of emotions coming up. And um, if I have any say in the matter, I'd like to try to give boss more time to chill out before she attacks me. Um, (laughs) It's just a a tactic that I'm trying to employ uh, to, to defang (laughs) the Viper that is, slithering toward me yeah and i would like uh, the the listeners at home did i mention that i am medicating myself prior to these conversations <laughs> this is me like as sweet and chilled out as i can possibly get with some pretty high quality drugs like, let's be honest. i'm not stoned right now but i was last night i love this i just love it i'm not a, i have the same like <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. That was like a, that I same, same general cadence as that. Um, 
Yeah, no, let's pick this up. I'm, I'm very excited to get into this, uh, this dot. When we open next time, we're going to be talking about, um, uh, we're going to be talking about, um, uh, uh, when, t- like, we're going to open on Ted in his, in his flat, uh, texting mm-hmm. with Beardo, Weirdo Beardo. And, um, we're going to just jump right in and, and sort of, uh, uh, knock out the next three to four minutes of of uh, Ted Lasso over, <laughs> over a three hour time frame. Um, but listen, these are these are important issues. That's why we mentioned them. They're important. Uh, they need to be uh, talked about. And uh, far be it from us to leave any stone unturned. Uh, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? The podcast, wherever you get your podcast, called Unstuck AF. You can catch conversations I'm having with folks who are or are getting unstuck in their lives. So you can take some notes and do the same. Boss, what about you? Uh, Still on Twitter as of right now, although also at Blue Sky. So if you're there, same handle both places. It's Dumbly underscore Chambers because the world was nice enough that Dumbly was not taken. I need to ask Um, you about that. Also... Also, um, I eventually writing more at the antagonist, which is uh, antagonistblog.com. Yeah, I got to get me a blue sky code, um, boss. I, I saw you got one and then gave it away. So thanks. Uh, actually, I th- no, did you? I thought no, you had one. No, no, but I, yeah, I got to get. Well, I'll talk about it offline. Oh, you need another one. I need one. We, we all need more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, that's it, folks. Thank you. Support your local library. Support the written word. Support the actors and writers that are on strike, still on strike, because of the greed, the absolute disgusting, repellent greed of like six people who are the grossest, slimiest motherfuckers ever to, well, not the grossest. There's some other ones that are yeah, even worse. But, pretty bad. But they're pretty bad. Uh, they're up there in the in the battalion of uh, overpaid insects that corrupt the human experience. Um, uh, and so, uh, yes, support your local writers and actors and, and, and all the good stuff and all the joy and all the storytellers and all the good people who try to do good things and help people get through the world. Um, we thank you so much for being part of this. Everybody is, um, our listener community is wonderful and, and we urge you to, to keep listening and join us next time when we uh, really delve into the, the dotty part of um, season three, episode 11, 11, 11, one episode after this left guys, it's crazy. Boss is smiling. And, um, but yes, coach and I will be, will be in tears. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Listen. We only have like 24 more episodes of the podcast to cover these two episodes. So what are we even going to do with our time? In fairness. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and just like coach, uh, coach, coaching uh, uh, flag football, none of us make any money. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a win-win across the board. Uh, so yes, that's please, please try to subscribe. Uh, that helps us out. And uh, until next time we are Richmond, Richmond till, till we, we die. die. Awesome. We'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.